glad to have you here. Welcome to One Church at the Movies. Looks a little different, right? We had some people do some great work this week. We had a lot of volunteers work real hard. Um, some of you like to fall asleep when I preach, even in the light. So now that it's darker, uh, you're welcome. It's easier. Uh, well, this is our, our series on the movies, and today I get to talk about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Anna is very excited about this. I don't know if it's the popcorn or Spider-Man, but she's very excited. And, and what we're talking about in this is, is the moment when you go from ordinary to extraordinary. And when you're transformed in this moment where you really have no expectations. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you know that moment when you have absolutely no, like the best that you can hope from for life is that there be no expectations on you? You ever have that day? I have that day like eight times a week, it feels like. Where you just are like, I don't know that I can expect anything of me or of my day. And the gift that you want from the world is that the world expects nothing of you either. And that's just where a lot of us live. But honestly, that's not, really, that's not really good news. It's kind of sad. It's kind of depressing. But a lot of us have at least visited that space where we're like, ah, I'm just so ordinary. I want to blend in. I want there to be no expectations on my life. I want there to be nobody projecting expectations onto me. That is the best news I could imagine. And then life hits. And life changes. And this is the moment that we find our, our Spider-Man in, in this movie. This is where we meet Miles Morales. He's a high school kid who's going into a school that, that has uh, high expectations. And he's, he's hanging out with his uncle in a subway, like a little cavern. And this, this is where we find Miles.
So that's Miles. And you can see by his, his artwork that he is very invested in the beauty of this message of no expectations, right? I mean, he was creatively working towards no expectations. And in that space, I do think he was honest. In that space, he found out a little bit about his, his dad, his uncle, his, uh, who he is, all these kind of things. But it was all invested in this idea of, like, I am beyond ordinary. I am not, not worthy of the school I'm at. I'm not worthy of any of this kind of stuff. I just want to flow below the radar, and my best work I'm going to have hidden in a subway tunnel. My best work I'm going to put somewhere that nobody sees it. So when I go down the street, I just I blend in. This is Miles, and this is the moment when he has no expectations that he gets the spider bite that changes his life, right? So I'm not real interested in spider bites. I don't, I'm not real vested in spiders. I, I don't like them that much. I'm not afraid of them like some of you all, but I'm, I, I just I wouldn't want to hang out with them. If I'm going to have coffee with someone, it wouldn't be a spider, you know? That's how I would say our relationship is. But I am really interested in what God does. And I am really interested in when God meets us. And I'm really interested in that moment that we often have where we have no expectation. And then all of a sudden we encounter God and it transforms us on the inside, kind of like we saw happen to Miles there. So for me, I was in seventh grade. For me, I was at a summer camp. It was a Christian summer camp, but I didn't go to it because it was a Christian summer camp. I went to it because my sister was signed up and I wanted to ruin her time. And I had two friends who were going and my friends liked to play basketball and I liked to play basketball and I didn't have to mow any lawns that entire week and I was told that I got to do what I want, stay up as late as I want and it was supposed to be this great time and so I went. I went and I played basketball all day and then at night I tried to flirt with some girls and it didn't work. And I remember on like the Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday towards the end of the camp, I was tired and my seventh grade knee was hurting and I didn't win much in basketball and I smelled because I was in seventh grade and it was time to go to like your mandatory workshop. I don't know if any of you ever went to summer camp, but they, they kind of trick you with some mandatory stuff. And I went to my mandatory workshop and they had given us a sheet of paper that morning, pick the workshop you want to go to. And I went to one taught by a guy named Grant Hill because Grant Hill was a great basketball player. And I walked in, and it was a 5'8 white guy. And I was like, you tricked me again. <laughs> and teeny tiny Grant Hill led us in a workshop that I have no clue what it was about because I just had a bad attitude in the back because I lost all day and my knee hurt. And I'll sit in there in the back of the workshop. There might have been 15, 20 kids. I don't, truthfully, I don't really remember. It was very ordinary, and I had absolutely no expectations about this moment. Next was dinner. That's what I cared about. And I sat in the back, and I wasn't doing anything outright, but I was probably pretty disrespectful in the way that I sat. And I clearly was leaking that I was disinterested in everything that he was saying. And at the end, he said, you in the back, I want you to stay for a minute. I was like, that's not even nice. I didn't interrupt. I, didn't, I just didn't give you my attention. So me and my friend Ryan stayed. And Pastor Grant said, you know, what's going on? And I said, nothing's going on. And he said, well, you look like you have something on your mind. No, I want to go to, to dinner. He says, okay, before you go to dinner, can I pray for you? I'm like, whatever. I know that pastors, like, transition with prayer. So that's fine. You're transitioning me to dinner. 
tell me that's not true. But Grant wasn't transitioning. He was expecting this really ordinary moment to be an encounter with the living God. And so he prayed. I have no clue what he prayed. It didn't matter. There was something about it that I felt kind of like how Miles showed like something different got into his blood. I felt in that moment something got into me. I, I walked into that moment with zero desire to really have faith. I knew the gospel, but I wasn't really interested. He started praying and something happened within me where I was changed. Paul writes about it this way in, in Ephesians 2. Go ahead, if you've got your Bible or your phone, uh, go ahead and open there. We're going to sit there today. It'll be on the screens as well. Verse 3 says, All of us once lived among them in the passions of our flesh, following the desire of flesh and senses. Uh, and we were by nature children of wrath like everyone else. But God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Paul here says that all of us were dead. Some of us might have walked in today dead. Like there's, there's breath in our lungs and there's blood in our body, but we are dead spiritually. And the truth about us is when we're dead, we act like we're dead because we're good at it. We're really good at living dead. All of us were stuck, and we're good at being stuck. All of us were asleep, and we're really good at living asleep. We can go to work and church and dinner with family and friends and shop and all of this and never be awake. We can do it all. We all know how to sleepwalk. We all know how to do these things because this is our sin-filled state that we have lived in. And then Paul says, but God. And this is like the, the spider bite of Ephesians. In the middle of this dead, no expectations moment, God, who is rich in mercy out of great love with which he has loved, even when we were dead, in that moment when you were dead, when I was dead, in that moment, in the midst of no expectations, God encounters us. You had that moment. You had that moment where you just thought it was a Tuesday, but God met you. I'm not talking about just the first time, like when I was seventh grade in camp. I'm saying that I've had like 30 of these moments where I started to forget. I went back to ordinary with no expectation, but God met me again and again and again, transforming our wiring, filling us with the Holy Spirit. Now, the word Holy Spirit freaks some people out. What this is, is God living internally, living within us. It is the person of God living in you. Like that little cartoon showed when the spider bit him, he, Miles transformed on the inside. What the Holy Spirit is, is God living within you, transforming you and me from the inside. But what happens so often is we're living in this place with no expectations, but God meets us, starts to transform us. We start to feel like it's real. I remember on that day, I felt like it was real. It was real. I started like telling my friends, and then all of a sudden, I went back to life. 
And I was like, oh, maybe that wasn't real. I've lived my whole life with no expectations. Maybe this is my life. I've lived my whole life vested in being ordinary. Maybe this is my life. I remember meeting other Christians, and I didn't look like other Christians. I was in a mostly white church. I'm not talking about the color of skin. I'm saying like in temperament and personality. Most churches, you, we accidentally teach that the pastor is what you're supposed to be like. Don't be like this one. Accidentally, it's, it's Christians are to look a certain way and act a certain way. And when we think of Spider-Man, I'm, I'm not really a comic book person. My son's trying to change that about me. I thought, I thought Spider-Man looked like Peter Parker. I did. I thought he was a white, nerdy teenager until I watched this movie. And there's tons of spider people. And they're way different from each other. There's Spider-Gwen, and there's the, like, Nicolas Cage one. I don't even know what he's called. <laughs> I mean, Nick Cage gets in any movie, you know I'm going to laugh. But spider People look all different ways, and sometimes we get in a space where we think that Christians are to look a certain way, and we can't do it. I don't know if you know this, there is a suit that we're to have, I'm, and I'm not even talking about the armor of God, there's another suit that we get when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we find it in Colossians 3, it says this, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourself. This is your suit. Clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. Bear with one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And so we put this suit on, and we start to learn what it looks like to live filled with the Holy Spirit but often what we do is we look at someone else who's in a similar suit and we try to love how they love and we try to forgive how they forgive. But reality is it's going to come out vastly different. How you love is vastly different than how I love because our temperaments are different. Our wiring are different. Our assignment from the Lord are different. And so the way that this looks is different. But so many of us spend so much time just trying and working on our own to earn this kind of stuff, right? We had this moment when we had no expectations and God met us in that space and then we tried to earn it or prove that we're worthy of it or anything like that. Reality is we have to trust that God has placed the Holy Spirit within us and that that's enough. Now in my life, it took the world not looking the way that I thought the world would look for me to start to trust the Holy Spirit in me. It took some tragedy. And all of a sudden I was thrown back and saw that it wasn't working for me to try to live this out without God's guidance, without faith. And, and thankfully God sent some people around me. And sometimes God will send someone to you who will show you exactly that it is faith that's required.
That's the spider people. What's going on? Miles, I came to say goodbye. We can say goodbye to the light. You're not getting it. You're staying here. I need to be there, so you can all go home. They are going home, Miles. I'm the only one staying. You're taking my place? If you stay here, you'll die. I'm doing what needs to be done. I just wanted you to hear it from me. What about Andrew? Not everything works out, okay? I need a good group. Please don't make me take it from you. That's not fair. You've got to tell them I can do this. It wasn't their decision. i got to make him pay. You have to let me make him pay. Now, you ready to get yourself killed. But I'm ready. I promise. Then oh. strike me right now. Or turn invisible on command so you can get past me. So Miles was living in the suit. He was living as a Spider-Man among a bunch of spider people learning to be Miles as a Spider-Man. He was trying his hardest. And he'd gotten a glimpse that part of him living out who he was was he could turn invisible. But he didn't know how to do it. He'd grunt and try and all this kind of stuff, but just in some moments he would be invisible. And he knew from glimpses of his past that that would happen. But see, we, we saw right there his, his life was filled and motivated by vengeance. He had to get Kingpin. Kingpin had hurt his family. And so his, his motive was just this vengeance. And as he tried to live with vengeance as his motive... He couldn't be who he was to be. And he was trying to earn it, and he was trying to prove it, and he was trying all of this in his own might to be who he was. And there's this huge task. If you see the movie, you know the task, this big thing that one of the spider people has to accomplish to save the entire multiverse. I don't even know what that means, but I said it in a microphone. But they have to go take care of this collider, and it was his task because it was his world, and yet we saw a different Peter Parker say, no, I've got this one. It'll hurt me, but I'll have to do it because you're not ready. Now, when I hear that I'm not ready, I think that means I need to try harder. I think that means I need to flex. I think that means that I, I need to figure all of that out. But Peter Parker says what it is. You see, 
Miles had, had seen Peter Parker be Peter Parker and, and Spider-Gwen be Spider-Gwen and even that pig do stuff. Like, he'd seen all of these things and I think he was like, I want to do what they do, but, and I think we do this as Christians. We see other people doing things in the Lord, overcoming challenges in the Lord, all of this kind of stuff. And we want to do what they do, but we sometimes lose track. I will never do the things that Jamel does. He's wired different than me. But faith is how he does it. And so that can be the way that I do what I'm to do. I think of like Martin and Susan and the task that God has before them. I can't do what they do. And if I try, honestly, I will tank my time because God didn't assign me that. That's their assignment. But it is faith in God that they are acting out of and living out of. And so, well, I can do that. That could be my motive as well as I go do what I'm to do. You see, no other spider person in that movie goes invisible. That's Miles' thing. And so the question is, what if what God is asking is that we live out of that faith? If we live out of that grace, Ephesians 2 goes on. It says this in in verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not the result of works so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. Which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. See this is tricky because there's good works in there right? Twice. You don't earn your keep by your good works. You can't. That's by grace, by faith. The only way that you become who God created you to become is is by this grace of God and by faith in him, not by your works. But you cannot be who God designed you to be without good works because that's the task he has in front of you. He didn't make you extraordinary so that you could just live with no expectations. That's not what it is. You don't do that to earn your extraordinary. You don't do that to to show your worth or anything like that. But because God has chosen by his grace and your faith in him to fill your life with the Holy Spirit and the power that lives within him, then you get to live out and, and be who he invited you to be, which includes a lot of action. It includes doing a lot for the Lord. It includes being intentional salt and light in this world. You don't have to earn or prove or master any skills. It's about belief. But here's here's where I've noticed. If you've believed for a while, if you walked in and you've believed like me since seventh grade, that sometimes this story becomes so familiar that it becomes like hardened concrete. And our belief just becomes cement. It just becomes what we know. And we, we know that it's God's grace. We know that it's our faith in him that only came from because he pierced our heart. We know that we're fault. We know. But you're not saved by knowledge. You don't grow in him by what you know. And so part of what I've been praying the last couple of weeks is that God would really break our knowledge. Like breaking concrete. 
so we can live by faith again. That we don't live to be smarter, we live to be more faithful. That the things that we are sure are certain, that God would stir that up again so we can live by faith because the truth is we were dead with no expectations and Jesus came and lived and died. He sent his Holy Spirit to live within us as power and as we placed our faith in him, the Holy Spirit came in and does what the Holy Spirit does. And that's not some weak thing. Remember, the Holy Spirit is the power that raised Jesus from the dead. And so you think that you're locked up and you're ordinary. Well, you're not bigger than death. And so he can work in you. And he can transform you. But this requires faith for you. So what what is the area of your life where, where you know that God is calling you to live by faith? Maybe you walk in and you're like, I'm not living by faith in God at all. So faith in Jesus is my step. Maybe you've never done that and you've never placed your faith in Jesus. You don't know what I'm talking about when I talk about that moment where the Holy Spirit lives in you and you begin to clothe yourself in love and and the things that God has given us. And if that's you, maybe today is your day to take the, the step of faith in Jesus. But I know some of us know Jesus. We don't have faith in what he's done in us. We have faith in what he's done in one another. We come here and we're encouraged by what he's done in one another. But when it comes to me, no, I don't know that I can trust what he's done in me. And yet maybe that that step of faith, that leap of faith for you is to believe the power of the Holy Spirit within you. Maybe it's faith that God can still heal. And you're looking at situations that seem more firm than than concrete. Maybe it's reconciliation that you can't imagine. Maybe it's that you're really forgiven. Whatever it is in your life, at some point, what happens to us is our beliefs start to become concrete and we just live in what we can control and what we can manage. And I want to let you know that today, at some point in your life, you cannot control or manage your life. What God has placed in you is a matter of faith. And this morning, it's time for us to leap.
So the Spider-Verse there, desperately needed Miles to believe that what he experienced was real. And not just believe it intellectually, but believe it with all that he was, where he's willing to jump off a building in belief that that spider bite happened and it changed everything within him. God can do what God wants to do. He's chosen to work through people like us. And this world around us is desperate for us to believe that we are who God says that we are. That those encounters with God are, are real and they're transformative. And so the only question that really matters is, is your faith placed in Jesus and are you filled with the Holy Spirit or not? If the answer is no, then I want to invite you into a life of expectation, of hope, of meaning. Of richness. If you're like, no, I don't know Jesus, then I want to invite you into a space where all of a sudden, in, in different ways, you can know the transformative power of God at work within you. But if the answer is yes, yes, my faith in Jesus, yes, the Holy Spirit's at work within me. It's time for us to be a people of faith. Who believe that that power within the person next to you is as great as the power within you. And that all of this that God said was to happen will happen. That we'll see his kingdom come and his will be done right here in transformative, obvious, practical ways just like it is in heaven. Now, some of us are locked up in, in real concrete stuff. Some of us are locked up in in circumstances, I, I get it, but I don't want you to leave without taking some leap of faith if that's what you need. And so we're going to have a couple people up front who would love to pray with you. If you want to take that first step towards Jesus, then come forward. But if you're somebody who's, who's just needing a step of faith and you know what it is or you don't even know what it is, I want to invite you to come forward. And even let praying with somebody be the beginnings of that step of faith. May we become a faithful people. May we see God bring about his kingdom here. Let's pray together.